Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Tiny Room. Welcome back to the digital version of On Shomra Byug. I am the Michael from Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined for today's dose of normal, boring podcast stuff by the man whose middle name stands for potato. It's Benjamin P. Colopy. How are you now? Are you trying to show, are you trying to show me something, Benjamin? Uh, yeah. no, or I'm, are not you, uh... show you, I'm not trying to show you anything. I have my... Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not important for this particular podcast, Michael. <laughs> All right, very good. You were showing me a sketch of some sort of monstrum by the look of things. Well, what, oh, yeah, that's on the back. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> never oh, mind. you're just Michael, reading your notes. Michael, yes. what it actually is, is the words to our theme song. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything. Very good, Benjamin. I have to say, you've 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 developed a sublime <laughs> skill and talent for segueing into the theme song. It is really quite something. It's a kind of black magic, one might say. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of curses and the black arts, what's going on with DC? Why don't you tell oh, Michael. me? Michael, there's a bit of a... Well, look, things aren't good, Michael. Uh, over the week, we found out that uh, DC, poor old DC, has lost over 600 employees, Michael. They've been let go. That's... That's quite a lot. It's quite significant for a comic book publishing company, Michael. Mm. Quite now, Benjamin, here's a question. Here's a what? question that I would like to ask you, Benjamin. Um, Benjamin, is it just the comic book? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, tasty, wasty <laughs> podcast. Yeah, nice. Um, is no, it just the comic not. book to publishing question, department? It's not just hem, hem, hem. It's yeah. the entire Time Warner company branch. So no. they have entered into, it's either a merger or a takeover. It's not 100% clear yet with AT&T. Oh, those guys, they seem bad. Yeah, they're a bunch of bad eggs by all accounts. And what's happened is, Michael, they're downsizing massively. So everything's getting a bit of a bit of a culling. But unfortunately, mm. DC Comics yes. seems to be among the worst hit of this particular wow. endeavor. So most major editors have lost their jobs, even on successful projects like the Black Label Project. Wow, um, there! That's the that's the label that gave us Batman's Ding Dong for the first time. Uh, in print. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah, it was doing really well, and they've lost their jobs. Uh, DC Direct is gone. The entire collectible but, line. But they make the collectibles, Ben. They make the collectibles, Michael. Who's going gone. to make the collectibles? It's not good, Michael. It's not good. Uh, mm. So I'm trying to even up my waveform there, Michael. There seems to be a little bit. Oh, there we go. So they yes. make the collectibles, Michael, and they're all gone. Oh, that's not good, is it? Who's going to make the collectibles, Ben? And then, Michael, on top of that, bloody DC's maiden voyage into streaming is gone as well. So DC Universe Online is is, uh, bye-bye. DC Universe is gone? Yes, that's all been shipped over to HBO Max. Oh, is this confirmed, Benjamin? Oh, it's confirmed. It's gone. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's gone. What do I do with my subscription that I had for watching uh, Doom Patrol and... Titans that we definitely had legally for all of those. Yeah, so they've all been kind of shipped off to different places, and the entire DC comic book industry is kind of going, okay. Um, well, uh, what are we? What are we doing? I guess. Yeah, it's it's not great. They have a big event coming up now in in oh when is that? In about a next month's week, time. I think, it's the next DC week. Fan yeah, Dome. it's the, the the Fan Dome. And the DC Fan Dome, as has already been noted by several comic book pundits puts a bit of a bit of a dampener on the whole affair really it does a little bit doesn't it mm, it does piss in the cornflakes of of the dc fandom i don't uh, know if i'd be terribly interested in the dc fandom if i just lost my job in dc 
I don't think I'd do any kind of favor for AT&T's, uh, quite frankly, dictatorial <laughs> regime. I, I think you'd, I don't know. I don't think many comic creators are going to be out in support now of DC fandom as a result of this. Yeah. It's not great. Like, one of the big two just completely wiped. And I'd imagine perhaps this move is something trying to mimic the the classic Marvel Disney move. Right. But that had widespread benefits for the comic book publishing industry and every facet of their comic book. Disney seemed to recognize the supreme value that Marvel brought to it with all the intellectual property and things like that. And they've done a great job. This is the exact opposite, Michael. Well, opposite. Ben, not ev- not everyone, and I'm, these are not my views, Ben, but not everyone loved the the Disney Marvel acquisition. You hush your mouth, Michael. From a kind of perspective of a Disneyfication of Marvel. Well, I suppose that's some true. Pe- some people did a bit of moaning. There'll always be a few moans, Michael. There'll always be a few moans, but I don't think I don't think when Disney came in, Michael, they cut six hundred staff in one afternoon. No, I don't think they did. I don't think they did that. Uh, including they did it behind the scenes. Including the editor-in-chief, who's gone. Oh. They just, yeah, just... Yeah. Ben, it's did insane. they get rid of Jeff Johns? No. No. They Why not? Because he pens a lot of their movies, Michael, and they can't do that. <laughs> why can't they get rid of him? He's not great. He's not great. Quite often praised. Never really... Eh. Anyway... It's been a pretty pretty dark week for old DC. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not been great. Not great for the lads over there in DC, Ben. You know who it has been a great week for, though? Go on. Netflix. Oh, bloody Netflix. They, they I don't think they have bad weeks anymore, Michael. They just have less no, good the, weeks than the previous week. Yeah, well, I mean, Benjamin, we don't know. And no one knows, really, the finances behind Netflix. Because it all, I don't think it makes sense. But look... Billionaires become more billionaires by doing a Netflix. So who are we to question it? But Benjamin. Go on. Netflix have basically, they've they've taken over the world in direct to Netflix, semi kind of high budget, half-assed movie franchises. A lot of emphasis on that semi high budget, huh? (laughs) Yeah, the medium budget, medium amount of thought gone into it. Yes. Um, Movie franchises. Mm. The latest in a long line of films brought to you by the likes of Bright. Oh, God. The latest in a long line of films brought to you by the likes of, what was the one, the Amell Brothers, Mutant Heist in Canada? What was that really called? Code Great. Code 8, that's the fella, yeah. (laughs) The latest in a long line of, uh, you know, kind of semi-developed concepts that don't really work. It's bloody Ben. It's Project Power. Yeah, Michael, you and I were going about our business as per usual during the week there, and all of a sudden in our in our joint group with Podcast Nemesis, there popped up a text that said, Project Power is crap. To yeah. which you went, what is it? <laughs> Question yes. mark. Uh, yeah, never heard of it. I hadn't heard of it yet. <laughs> so I put the trailer in there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh. Oh, no good. <laughs> no so, Benjamin, bueno. you very briefly tell us, and please don't recap the whole film from start to beginning, but tell us, what is Project Power in all and any ways? Poor old New Orleans, hit Benjamin. hard by Hurricane Katrina, never really recovered. Cops out there trying to do their bestest. And then all of a sudden, Michael, a brand new drug hits the scene. Oh no, say the police officers. Not a new drug. Junkies everywhere. But they're the worst kind of junkies ever, Michael. Because they got Why? superpowers. Because they get oh, them no. for five minutes. Because they're bloody magic pills, Michael. And you give them a twisty twist to activate them. You swallow them whole. And then, boom. You got some powers, Michael. But, oh, oh, 
Yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah, go on. Maybe you get a decent power, or maybe yeah. you get a shite one. No, oh, no, I hope I get a good one. Yeah, and then uh, basically we're introduced to two... I call them leading men, Michael, but I'll be honest, there's very little charisma to power either of them in this one. Two fellas. <laughs> there's, two, there's two guys, and they're not brothers, and they don't have a strong bond. No, they don't. They don't know each other <laughs> and barely meet. Each other. And uh, It's Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levin, Michael, and... Oh Jesus! Uh, one is a uh, one is playing Liam Neeson. He wants his daughter back. Yes, and the other wants that's, his that's city Jamie back. That's Jamie Fox. Yes, the other wants his city back. And ah, oh, my God! Don't forget, Ben. There's also a precocious teen. There's a precocious teen. There is, yeah. and she's she's a drug dealer. But there's no moral judgment placed on her for that. Everybody kind of goes, "Ah, oh, well, you did what you had to do, kid." Peddling yeah. a really dangerous drug and ruining people's lives. Ah, you, 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 you came up hard. Never mind. Drug dealer with a heart of gold. Heart, drug yeah. dealer with a heart of gold, which is problematic. But anyway, um, we're introduced to all that, Michael. And obviously, once uh, various addicts start using a drug that gives them superpowers, I mean, look, it's chaos. Uh, a I'd lot like of them to point become out, criminals, Ben. I'd like to point out, Michael to yes. any of the listeners of the podcast junkie is the term they use in the movie that's not uh, a term that we here at the podcast really side with so in my little well, summary there I use the word off the air huh well I use it you're all the time Michael but I'm a air, bigot yeah. yeah you're an old racist I'm a bigot Benjamin go on Benjamin yeah I watched this film I have yes. to say and my 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 the persistent thought I had while watching this film was what, why is this? Why does <laughs> this exist? Yeah. What is happening here? Pretty What is solid. going on? It's it's a it's kind of a buddy cop film. Yeah, but it's not where... even Michael because they don't meet until like the third yeah, it's quarter a, of the film. <laughs> it's a buddy cop film where the buddies don't meet until the the final act and I think they have two scenes together. Yeah. It's a it's a superhero film that's distinctly anti-superhero. Distinctly. It's, yeah, it's a it's a cop movie, but without any intrigue. It's, it's yeah, it's it's really it's not a terribly good film, Ben. It's just all over the place, Michael. It's all over the place, Benjamin. Uh, For what? one thing, go on. Jamie Fox, who plays a hard bitten ex military man, the major on a. The Major, yeah, the Major, who's on the hunt for something that was taken from him by the drug stealers. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's uh, uh, bending the rules. Uh, he's a bending the rules cop kind of guy. Yeah. They they appear to be in different films. They, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> there's no way they've received the same direction. No. Jamie Foxx thinks he's in Collateral. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt thinks he's in The Other Guys. He does. That's exactly it's, what he It's thinks. weird. Like, they really <laughs> haven't been, uh, they really haven't been directed onto the tone of the film. It's bonkers. Yeah, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing it considerably for yucks. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, Michael, I'll be honest. The, the powers thing is interesting, right? The powers lottery thing, pretty decent, um concept nothing we haven't seen before but it could have been executed pretty well i will say i enjoyed watching the power scenes 
As in, right, I on. enjoyed watching how that would impact the story in each case. I think Weird Naked Chameleon Man is pretty funny. He was excellent. I think he's probably that the best. That was the best I, yeah. bit. <laughs> that was the best scene in the whole movie. Is weird naked chameleon man running down the street. Just and you know he's just a chancer. He's just a bit of a prick who's yeah. like, well, bloody, I can blend into walls, so I'm gonna go rob a bank. I absolutely loved that scene, Ben, because the security guard says he came out of nowhere like a ghost. <laughs> and you think, all right, he has invisibility or something. No. And then you see it and he's just gross and nude and flapping around the place <laughs> like a big idiot. So I, it's actually really well done. Yeah, that, no, that's the best scene in the film. <laughs> yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's on a bike. Joseph Gordon-Levitt loves being on a bike. He loves being on a bike. We've had an entire movie of Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a bike before. Rush Hour. Rush. Sorry, it's just Rush. That was uh, premium go, Rush, but look, Go check fine. that out. So if it was your favourite scene in the movie, don't worry. There's an entire film with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a bike, acting the mick, and you can go for that. So, anyway, um, it, it, it's just an interesting film, Michael. As you said, I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. It's two different films happening at the same time. At least two, Ben. I would say easily more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for me, the worst crime that it commits is not particularly caring that the kind of people who really like these films do really care about, like, where the powers come from and what they are. Yeah. And it's not a well-developed concept. So no, it needs to be fleshed out significantly. Right. So it appears that the powers are random. Yes. And... You get the powers, the, 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 the drug itself activates whatever power is randomly inside you. But never explained why that is. Some people seem to no. get a power that matches their personality. Yeah, some people get a power that matches their personality. Some people just do an explode. Some yeah. people turn into ice. So, you know, you, you, you get a random power. Yeah. But that power is somehow connected to you because when you, every time you take the pill, you get the same power. Yeah. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt... As as opposed to fantastic bike riding, he gets the ability to turn his skin extra hard and make him essentially bulletproof. Which but is not like invulnerable. No, yeah. no. I like that. I liked his power. It was an interesting power. Yeah. But Jamie Foxx gets the power to make things go exploding. And yeah. it's explained in the most ridiculous way possible. He's a shrimp. He gets his power from the pistol shrimp. Ben, the pistol shrimp, like... Pistol shrimps cause mini little explosions underwater by contracting muscles so quickly that it causes a shock wave. Yeah, they don't Not generate. Just, <laughs> yeah, they don't just generate heat waves. That doesn't make any sense. And why does Jamie Foxx get the pistol shrimp power? He didn't take a specific pistol shrimp pill. No. Does he? He has pistol shrimp DNA in him. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, Ben. So each power is based on biomimicry, Michael. They they imitate some kind of power from the the animal kingdom. And I know you know all about that, Michael, but you, again, nail on the head. What does that mean? Why does human DNA interact in a specific way every time? That doesn't make any sense. I love the idea of it being random. I absolutely love that. And then when it gets to the scene where they reveal, have you ever heard of nature? There's some animals who's got hard skin and there's some animals who's got floppy tentacles. What do you think of that? There's a bloody wolverine toad that can pop claws and... uh... And you know the Wolverine Toad is named after the comic character Wolverine. No so way. They, so they went a really long way around 
making the guy who can pop the bone claws out. He's called Wol- he's Wolverine. It's just Wolverine, but he's not named after Wolverine, the comic character. He's named after the frog that's named after the comic character. Yeah, which is I mean, utterly ridiculous. Benjamin, go on. Uh, that scene came up and they started saying about have you ever heard of nature and what animals can do and I was like oh god it's Dark Angel all over again it's every bloody 90s superhero trope where people got their powers from animals I'm a bloody cheetah so I'm running real fast Whoosh. out of here stupid nonsense yeah and Ben the bad guy the bad guy was played by um, the love interest from Love Actually I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that at all. Mike. From the scene where the American lady's too shy to speak to her attractive co-worker. In, in fairness, Michael, the villain here is just so boring. Um, you yeah. just don't now, care. <laughs> I have to say, though, um, Jared Leto did a great job of portraying a, a businesswoman. <laughs> what? She looks like Jared Leto, is what <laughs> she, I'm saying. She does a little bit. Doesn't she look like Jared Leto? She does it's, a it's little quite bit. interesting. Um, so yeah, it's the most generic of baddies that you could possibly ever imagine. She's just a scientist who wants to save the world, and if she has to kill one child at a time and spread mass chaos throughout all of the United States to do it, yeah, she will. I mean, Michael, mid-budget might be the, the the key line here. I think there was so much potential for interest and action sequences, but they did a lot of jump cuts. There was just a lot of cutting. I um, have a theory on that, Ben. Go on. I don't think those jump cuts were. There were some scenes in that film like when joseph gordon levitt ben he breaks into the dock area yeah and he's shot yes and then he wakes up and ambushes the the guy who shot him off screen yes off screen i reckon that this was as close as you can get to netflix just putting up uh, a sign on screen saying some footage missing (laughs) i reckon for some of those cuts, if you remember as well, um, when Just Gordon Levitt shows up at the illegal underground club and he catches up with the girl who plays what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Right, Rachel Riley. I don't Let's say know. Rachel Riley. Sure. Um, and he catches up with her. He just appears out, literally appears out of nowhere. There's no interaction between the two. It cuts away from them, and then it cuts back, and he's standing beside her. Yeah, she says, and "Hey, there's a there's uh, yeah. a there's an audio dub." She says, yeah. hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's it's like, ridiculous. What? So uh, I can only imagine that they didn't quite get this finished before COVID. Maybe. Maybe that's actually and they said, makes a lot of Look, sense. We can't get the pickup shots done. So just do a bit of dubbing and a bit of smash cutting and hide it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jamie Foxx is playing the character he now plays in most things. He was playing Jamie Foxx, yes. He's in no nonsense Jamie Foxx. You get mm-hmm. two choices. You get Jamie Foxx doing a Jack Nicholson impression or you get Jamie Foxx being very serious. Yeah. And well, I reckon the only way they got him in this was by telling him it wouldn't be anything like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, oh, he, did they lie to him, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, at least his power wasn't based on, like, some sort of fictionalization of an underwater creature. Oh, no, hold on. <laughs> oh no wait hold on it's exactly the same Ben that's very good maybe he, he got only a... maybe he'll only act in films where he gets to be an underwater yeah. creature powered thing I heard he's going to be in the reboot of Lava Girl and Shark Boy oh yeah he's going to play both he's going to yeah, play yeah, both yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah one of the things that kind of gives me a little bit of a uh, little bit of the collywobbles Michael is the, the screenwriter for this Matson Tomlin yeah Ben that's the guy who's doing the Batman that's the guy who's doing the Batman and I went oh no Oh, oh no. no. 
Oh, get him out of here. Now, I don't know if this is so much a screenwriter's issue as it is uh, as it is an, a director-editor cut decision. I, I'm not sure. And if your theory holds true where they didn't get a chance to finish the old boy, then uh, maybe maybe that's it. But I, I did find Michael... He, he, do you know how he honed his craft, Michael? He used to try and put out 10 scripts a year. Oh, and he's kind Benjamin. of he's kind of built yeah. his brand on that as being a workhorse. Mm. And I read an article, Michael, and it was the most saccharine article. It's how Matson Tomlin became one of Hollywood's busiest screenwriters. And oh no! I think it glances over the fact that he just puts out content. I I don't think it. This yeah, is his you know, first that... project. And, oh, uh, very good project power. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. it's um. Yeah, that that syncs with my whole feeling that it, it felt like they accidentally filmed the first draft. Yeah, I before mean, they had a real chance to go through it. There are some really good bits. The chameleon guy with the dingly danglies, he's excellent. And the the Human Torch at the beginning is a real body horror sequence. way of doing that. Excellent. Great sequence. Gross. New Absolutely Orleans horrible. tenement building. Newt yeah. having a little chase around. Pretty solid. Watching him have yeah. to sacrifice everything to to kind of take this guy. I liked it. That in general, good. the powers were handled pretty well. Yeah. But there weren't very many of them. And there could have been more. And then sometimes they just threw it out the window. I don't know what animal giant boy is mimicking. Oh, the famous expanding moth. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they just go... And then, uh, as Shane so eloquently pointed out, uh, bloody mm-hmm. rapping is a superpower, apparently. Yeah, well, she doesn't do any superpowers, Ben, which is some amount of restraint, in my opinion. She doesn't, Michael, but what she does is she, she brings character onto her side by rapping twice. So mm-hmm. she, she proves yeah, yeah, yeah. her teacher wrong at one point by rapping to but, him. But that's a dream sequence, Ben. And she, Yeah, she doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That doesn't mind. happen. But then, Michael, but then, yes. Michael, she goes yes. and uh, she impresses Jamie Foxx with a little bit of rap skill. Yeah, and, and he's like, she give me money. And then she and does then the like She does the whole yeah. Kanye West bit to that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Michael, one of the most ridiculous sequences ever where she goes from being drug dealing scum to, oh, you got some skills. Okay. And it's it's a weird scene. It's a weird way to make characters bond. It's Michael. very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. There are some like massive, really interesting issues that the, this is why it feels like a first draft. There are loads of big, mad, crazy issues in it. That are just like, oh, let's talk about that. Like, there's a renegade cop buying drugs from a teenager. To even that could the have been a bloody, Yeah, that could have been a movie in and of itself. Yeah. And it's barely even addressed. Super easy. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just, uh, what about the moral implications of that? Yeah, we're just going to ignore them. Don't you worry yourself about any of those moral implications. And then there's like, there's the whole New Orleans suffering. We're going to look after our city. And that happens in one scene with the police captain. That police captain doesn't even show up again. So many angles. Oh, he says he he's going to have a stern chat with him at the end of the film, Michael. He says he's yeah. going to have a stern oh. chat with his captain. Yeah, which we didn't film. Because COVID. <laughs> Oops. Footage missing. It's funny that you point that out, Michael. It probably would make a very decent television series. Oh, Ben, you wouldn't pay me to watch that. Not now, but if you had have taken your angle, Michael, if we had have yeah. focused sincerely on New Orleans as a forgotten city, uh, cop trying to cope and not let other peers find out it was him 
add in a little bit of a, a more severe kind of health risk to the pills and stuff like that. Or, Michael, to make life really yes. interesting, constantly randomize the pill. As oh, opposed to giving you talking. the same power every time, where every time it's a gamble. I mean, yeah. that'd be good. What if you, like one of the times, you got a huge willy? Oh, and you could, you'd you were be trying for- to run away. It'd be awful. You'd yeah. drag all this extra weight behind you. You'd be forever chasing that dragon, Ben. <laughs> ben, the power I would love would be the power to create a slightly more successful podcast. <laughs> uh, no animals in the animal kingdom can do that, Michael. So unfortunately, no. you're out. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck. Benjamin, speaking of television shows that you'd have to pay me to watch. Go on. I watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's finally over, Ben. We're released from the yoke and the tyranny of watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was never under that yoke, but okay, go on, tell me more. Benjamin, it was the final episode this uh, this week, or last week, actually. Oh. Um, a two-hour, a two two-parter. Right. Which tied everything up into a neat little bow, Benjamin. Was it good? So, look, any individual episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is passably entertaining. Okay, fair enough. There, there, there are decent characters. There's stuff going on. There's twists and turns. There's, it's fine. Now, Benjamin, I have had the luxury of seeing all seven series of the damn thing. Oof. I don't know if that's a luxury, Michael. And you know, it 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 has its highs and lows, and it has its its connections to the MCU, which was what got me in in the first place and made me want to watch the whole damn thing. Yeah. And then it went off and told its own story and basically ignored the MCU. And that's all been addressed now, Ben, because it was all happening in a separate timeline caused by shenanigans. Shenanigans. And, yeah, it's always shenanigans, isn't it? And they ever so slightly link back into the MCU at the end because they introduce the quantum realm, Ben. Oh, piss off. And they use the quantum realm to travel between timelines. Oh. And it's never, it's never explicitly stated that when they travel between the timelines that they travel back to the original MCU timeline. Okay. They've traveled back to their home timeline. So it doesn't matter anymore if it matches up or not. Because they might or might not be in a different timeline. But Ben, nerdy concerns about things like that uh, aside. Go on. It has its it ha- it did have its highs and its lows, but given a bit of perspective, and I know it's only ended, and the comparison of the fact that I'm currently rewatching superior television programs by the same producers, Ben. For example, Buff- Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Okay. I've kind of, I think, put my finger on what was wrong with it. Which was? Characters, Ben. Go on. It didn't really have any. That's fair. Like, you have Coulson. Yes. Clark And Coulson, Clark Gregg, who's good at jiu-jitsu, apparently, and uh, is, uh, I mean, he is the anchor of the whole thing because he's so intensely likable, Ben. Yes. Michael, I found out that he wrote a rather significant film and I'm trying to find. Yes, he did. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but it's it's nothing. It's nothing small. Like he used to be a screenwriter before he was Agent Coulson, and he yeah, took that job it, for a bit. Was of it crack. that one about wine? Was it one I, about I wine? I think it was. Yeah, but hang on, I'm gonna get it now. Was it? There's there's so much wine. What was that one called? Sideways. Look at all the wine. Sideways. Was it sideways? I don't I, think it was. I don't think it was. But anyway, hang on. Let me let me try. You keep going. You keep going. So Ben, there's Agent Coulson, and Agent Coulson is a by the book shield agent. Who sometimes has a moment of levity and will twist the rules ever so slightly if his team's in danger. Nice. And then you have Alfonso Mac McKenzie, who's a by-the-book shield agent, who'll twist the rules a little bit if his team is in danger. Go on. 
And then you have Melinda the Cavalry May, who's a by-the-book shield agent, who's not afraid to twist the rules a little bit if it helps her team out. Do you see where I'm going with this, Ben? Yes, I see. Yeah, they're they're all too generically good doers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not and good. They're, and they're all too similar. One of the most popular characters they introduced in the last couple of seasons was Deke. Who's who Deke? Was from the future? He was from the future, Ben, and he was a bit more of a classic Whedon-esque goofball. Okay. Who wasn't really, he wasn't a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. But okay. he becomes a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and they gradually morph him into a by-the-book S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who'll bend the rules a little to to, to save his teammates. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, that so was So it's just the, the same again, Michael. Yeah, it was basically any of the characters could have been given any of the jobs. The best thing about the last season, Ben, was it reintroduced Daniel Souza, who's played by my favourite actor and yours, Enver Gojak. Who's Daniel Souza? Daniel Souza was Peggy Carter's love interest in the Peggy Carter TV series. Until Captain America went back in time, bloody nicked her. Exactly, bloody nicked her, and and Daniel Souza died in the original timeline, but not in Agents of Shield. They went back and got him, and now he's having a relationship with Quake, and everyone had a happy ending. What did Clark Reg make? What What lies beneath? Oh yeah, with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, (laughs) which is no joke. Like no, it's a good. That's a decent film. film. He was a good Good screenwriter in the nineties. Yeah. Good for he's him. had a storied career, Ben. Yeah. I, I, I like Clark Greg. Yeah, he's doing well. He played a bit of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he's, he's, he does a good bit of jiu-jitsu, a yeah, jiu-jitsu even though he's chop. old. Yeah. He's, he does a bit of jiu-jitsu. He's done a bit of jiu-jitsu on screen. He once tried to triangle Mr. Hyde. Did it work? Uh, yeah, but then he got power slammed, which uh, does happen. We, which, which does actually happen. It does happen, that's yeah. If he, tried to tri- if he tried to triangle me, Ben, that's what would happen to him. Oh, of course, Michael. You'd you'd have him on his. You'd have him flipped before he knew where he was. You'd slam he wouldn't him know where him. he was. He he's very small, he you see. He's very small. He's only see. five nine, Michael, according to IMDb. He, he's only that's, a little fella. That's a whole inch taller than me, though. In fairness, you're not five eight, Ben. I am five eight. You're not. You're taller than five eight, Ben. I'm five ten, and well, you do wear lifts. I wear lifts. You see. Yeah, that might be what it is. Sometimes you look taller than me. Is it all lifts? Lifts and hair. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's mostly hair. <laughs> It's bloody lifts and hair, Ben, and black magic. It's all the black magic, Michael. I made a bloody corrupting deal, and for every inch my hair gives me, I lose a year of my life. Well done, Very Michael. Good. Well done. That was a buttery smooth segue, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we talking about this week? Well, this week, we're going to be taking a look at down and dirty magic systems. Why do I mm. call them that, Michael? Because it just seemed mm. nice to me. Um, I liked the sound of it. I liked the alliteration. But what we're actually mm. look, talking about is uh, corrupting magic systems and kind of yeah. twisty, bendy, macabre pacts that give you powers and whatnot. And oh, it's all bloody messy, Michael. It's all so I tell you what, Ben. Go on. I don't like the magic of, say, the sitcom Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Where there are absolutely no consequences and everything can be put there back together. There are no limits, no consequences, no drawbacks. Essentially, you've given a teenage girl the omnipotence of a capricious god. Yep, it's not great. And the other... Um, the other series that you could accuse of this and you know we might lose some listeners over this oh, Ben no. is Harry Potter oh you stop that hush Harry Potter Ben has entirely consequenceless magic unless you get a bloody forbidden curse thingamajiggy put on you huh? but even the forbidden curses Ben there's no consequence to casting them 
No, that's if true. If I do an Adavara Cadavera or wherever it's called on you, yeah, you got it. I can just I can all that means is I'm a big prick. But I can start shooting those out non-stop, left, right and centre. I mean, you don't even get tired doing magic in Harry Potter. I think I think J.K. Rowling tried to do that with Voldemort. She tried to be like, oh, dark magic will take a toll on you. But he's the only one that looks like an oddball. He's the only one without a nose. All of yeah, his followers appears, have noses. Everyone has followers. It appears to have made Bellatrix Lestrange sexier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd like that, Ben. Yeah, that was for you. I did. I did. Well done. Well done. Nom, 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 nom. So I, I think that's probably why I like these systems so much, Michael. I like when magic has a little bit of a cost. I like yeah. when you gotta gotta make a deal with the devil in in the pale moonlight. Weird Batman, nineteen eighty nine reference there for you. <clears throat> I like when it's it's a risk when you have to sit there and go oh do i do i really want to use magic right now because oh, it might bloody destroy my life i like mm. that big fan of it big fan of it Michael. well because you see there's you could all you could almost accuse buffy the vampire slayer as well since i've been re-watching that of the same kind of consequenceless magic as well though and yeah. another ben is the show supernatural for example in oh, buffy the vampire slayer oh, ben supernatural in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ben, it's possible to give a vampire his soul back. What? Using using a reasonably complicated magic spell that requires some ingredients and an orb. Oh, that's right? tricky. Right? It's tricky, Ben. But all you have to do is buy the ingredients and buy the orb. What the- There's no... There's no great sacrifice on the part of the person performing the spell. Yes, because that really should be a thing. Maybe they have to give you half their soul. Or something. Maybe you just right? get a half soul. Because what that does then is render killing vampires in the Buffy universe rather than doing like a 20 minute bloody ceremony to give them their soul back. That's, you're the baddies. Yeah, because if you have the orb, then surely it's just a matter of refilling the ingredients every once in a while. Yeah. You and have just a soul. bloody fit. Just you give it your soul. You have a soul. Soul for you. You one for you, and a soul for you. You know what I'm saying, Ben? D- ben, do you know what I'm saying? I do. I know what you're saying. And Benjamin, if you remember in Supernatural, I want to see Oprah um, the Vampire Slayer now. Uh, yeah, Oprah the Vampire Curer, Ben. <laughs> Not the Slayer. She wouldn't slay any of them. I love it. Okay. It's. I mean, the killing of the killing of vampires in the Buffy universe when. The the technology to resold them is readily available. It's like it's like killing people who have a limp. It's not great. Oh Jesus! Have you got a, you got a cramp <laughs> there, Ben? Jesus Christ! Is that, a, Nick. is that a cramp you have in your leg? Well, you're for the job. <laughs> you get gone. summarily executed by a teenage girl. Sorry, old girl. We're gonna have to put you down. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous. That was more of a racehorse metaphor than a human metaphor. Dark. Look, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying. You. You know what I'm saying? So, Benjamin, that's why I feel it's better when we have a a universe or a system where magic has real and lasting negative consequences. Oh, yeah. Those are my favorite universes, Michael. Should I? Should I not? My favorite of these, Michael, and I've talked about it many times in the podcast, is Buddy Hellblazer. I love... The weird... Hellblazer. I, I suppose you could call it Sandman universe as well. I love... The magic systems in Sandman and in Hellblazer. Because it's just so grim, Michael. 
Tell, tell us about it, Ben. You'd, you'd really want to know what you were doing, Michael, if you were going to be casting magic in John Constantine's world. Because Jesus Christ, you're either going to go mad from using it, you're going to wreck something irrevocably? Irrevocably? Irrevocably. Irrevocably. Concordantly. Yeah. And, ah, it's just so grim. And things get soaked in the wrong kind of magic. One of my favorite arcs in the original Hellblazer Run, Michael, is where John Constantine's coat gets lost. And it spends so much time around evil and dark magic that the, the thing is fully evil itself so new users keep finding this coat and they're like oh that's a nice coat and they put it on and it kills them in some horrific way to find its way back to john constantine oh very good like the cursed hat it's in bizarre <laughs> it's like, like an the evil, cursed hat yeah it's like an evil version of uh, dr strange's cape it's it's yeah, hilarious good. it's a great little arc like and the only reason it wants to go back to john constantine is because john constantine is the only thing corrupt enough for to wear it and ah oh, Michael, it's so interesting. So interesting. Like, John Constantine over the years in the original Hellblazer run has had so many things happen to him. And one of my favorite things is they stick. Most of John Constantine's blood and magic comes from the fact that he has a demon blood transfusion. He doesn't have any human blood left. He's just walking around uh, with a bunch of bloody demon blood inside him. And it causes all kinds of problems for him, Michael. Because if he gets injured and starts to bleed out, he can't get a transfusion, Michael. That's not how it works no, anymore. No. Unless, got unless he finds another demon. So that's real interesting, Michael. On top of that, I remember the whole uh, kind of arc where he had to try and save his soul. The devil was coming for his soul, Michael. And that was the whole thing. You'll remember the ill-fated, was it 2000s Constantine movie with... With, which, with your favourite actor and mine, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, he's coming through the trees, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it's pretty... Pretty terrible movie. But anyway, that's the whole plot there is that John Constantine is going to die of the big sea. And he wants to avoid that because then he'll go to hell. Benjamin, I actually disagree with you that it's a terrible movie. I think it's a, I think it's actually quite a good movie. It's not a great Constantine. It's a good movie. But it's a decent enough movie. That's and fair, it even Michael. has, it even has Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf running through the trees. Shia LaBeouf. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Have you seen that video? Does that make any sense to you as a reference? Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. So, I mean, the dirty magic of Constantine is my favorite, Michael. Everything has a cost. You got to make deals with all kinds of unsavory characters. And even then, Michael, even then, yeah. it usually doesn't turn out pretty well. Funnily enough, though, Ben, Constantine lives in the same universe as Zatanna. And she can do anything she wants by just saying it backwards. I mean, loosely, Michael. But my favourite thing about that, Michael, is they recently introduced consequences into that universe as well. Go on. The the new Justice League Dark run that was headed up by Scott Schneider originally, um, Mm -hmm. it came up with a a pretty interesting concept, Michael, that all magic in the DC universe was borrowed from another dimension. And the more it was used, the, the more the barrier between that dimension and this dimension would kind of wax and wane and give up a little bit and then Michael they introduced the upside down man and the upside down man is kind of the the emissary of this other place and oh he's some prick he's just a big evil he'll make your father burn and he'll bring back visions of your father as a marionette burning in hell to kind of torture you and keep you from sleeping he's a real bad egg but anyway it doesn't sound great it turns out he's the ambassador of Australia he's the ambassador of Australia all magic comes from Australia um yes and what happened there is that all the magic that people like Satana have been using over the years, it's only gone and bloody compounded and they now have to pay the interest, which is pretty much all their souls. It's, it's no, pretty no, interesting. No, Zatanna. Uh, I mean, it's pretty interesting, Michael. And they didn't know anything about this. 
uh, except John Constantine, who kind of knew, but kept it stum for the purposes of the story. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Mm. Very gross. Very gross. Benjamin, I watched a movie about gross, gross evil magic. Oh, yeah? What you watch? Because, Ben, you know, I like watching things about gross evil magic. I like, uh, as you say, Benjamin, I like a system where magic isn't just this free-flowing bloody resource that everyone can tap into and really... Get out of here, Harry Potter. How, like, I mean, how can the real world exist in the Harry Potter universe, Ben? It It can't. (laughs) Even the wizarding world doesn't make sense. Just go back in time and fix everything, you weirdos. Mm Mm-hmm. You can do that whenever you want. You have time turners for no reason. They're omnipotent, Ben. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want, with no consequences. So anyway. Go on. I watched Sam Raimi's 2009 film, Ben, Drag Me to Hell. Oh, so tongue-in-cheek. One of my favourite horror films of recent years, Ben. And funnily enough, going back and watching it, Ben, only bloody PG. It's a PG film. Get out of town. It's not incredibly gross. But in it, Ben... The 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 main the the main lady, uh, whose name is Christine, she refuses to give a mortgage extension to a, a gypsy lady. Oh, no good. Now, Ben, I wouldn't use the term gypsy lady, but that's what they say in that's the film. That's what they say in the film. She's Hungarian. She's a Hungarian gypsy lady, and she's your classic film gypsy lady. She's old and she's gross, and she's got one glassy eye, and all of that sort of stuff. And she puts a horrible gypsy lady curse on um on Christine. Is it Christine? Yeah, it is. Uh, by uh, stealing her button and a bit of hair and stuff. Oh no, not a button and a bit of hair. And the curse, Ben, the curse is a good curse. The curse is she's cursed that a demon will haunt her for three days and then drag her to hell. Ooh. Yeah, very unpleasant. It's an interesting curse. Very specific. Mm. Very specific. Yeah. Um, so she has three days, Ben, to try and do something about it. Okay. And the first thing she kind of, she tries to do is really gross and horrible. And that's what it should be, Ben. Um. So she tries to appease the demon by making a sacrifice. So she mm. kills her cat. Oh. Yeah. Because she's desperate. And, you know, there's a demon coming after her. And I she's mean, fair. trying to give she's trying to give it a life. Oh. And okay. anyway, she she thinks it's worked, Ben. Oh, but no. then the demon reappears and starts taunting her again. You know, like, oh. oh, it hasn't worked. Oh. So so she gets a bloody she gets a she gets a, a seance going Ben with a with a demon lady a demonologist uh, an exorcist oh nice and they summon the demon oh yeah and their and their plan Ben is to summon the demon into a goat oh yeah and then kill the goat interesting yeah 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 it's great it's gross and you know consequences because they have to get a goat yeah you know, if every time you had to do a bit of magic, you had to kill a goat, you wouldn't be doing that much magic, Harry Potter. You'd run out of goats pretty quickly. Run out of goats? There'd be no goats left, Ben. They'd go extinct like dodos. Yeah. And um, so they put it in the goat, Ben, and it's great because then the goat's talking to her like a demon. is like, you're going to go to hell, you bitch. And you're like, oh, that's a goat. It's a gross goat. <laughs> that's a goat. But, oh, no. But the, the the whole point of this, and the reason I watched this film when you brought up this topic of like magic and consequences and, and sacrifice was... It, the demon then possesses a person. Oh no! And it's like, I'm going to get you, Christine, you son of a bitch. I don't want your cat. And then it vomits up the cat oh. from from her friend's mouth oh. and spits it back at her. And it's gross and horrible. And it's like, is the cat oh, still no. alive? No, it's oh, dead. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's it's horrible and gross. So yeah, that's uh, that's one that I like, Ben. I like that. Oh. Now. You know, the the only problem is that there's no consequence for the gypsy lady. I don't it's, think she it's needs too easy one. To, 
she's too, uh, she's to be homeless she dies. soon enough. She dies in the film anyway. Oh, so. does she? But um, she does, yeah. And it's she gets buried and it's horrible and gross. But that's the whole point. Everything's horrible and gross, Ben. I don't know if I've stated that enough. Everything is horrible and gross. And you can't just go around doing magic and getting away with it. Yeah, it's no good. I think horror movies, some of the best horror movies have that in, in the best sense where it's relentlessly never-ending kind of horror. Stuff like It Follows and stuff like that. It was very... Mm. I, I like unexplained magic, Michael, as you know, and I think these two genres kind of mix together very, very well. Unexplainable, unconquerable magic, stuff like that, where you try and figure your way out of the conundrum that you found yourself in, but it's bloody, it's from another dimension, Michael. It's from another dimension. Another dimension, and like the Beastie Boys. You don't get to understand what it is, Michael. And mm. I mean, things like The Ring and The Grudge and things like that, they're all relentlessly evil. And no matter what you do, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. It's They're going to get you. It's no good. Uh, some other things that we took a look at, Michael, for this particular one, I looked at kind of cleaner magic systems or moments where magic has a very horrible kind of side effect or where, you know, it's just bloody twisted and morally reprehensible. And one of the ones that jumped out to me, Michael, I rem- distinctly remember being the, the freakiest episode of a children's TV show that I watched in a very long time. And that was from Avatar The Last Airbender. There is, mm-hmm. as as many of our listeners might know or might not know, the Avatar: The Last Airbender is not only a terrible film from M Night Shyamalan. It's also a much beloved children's series from Nickelodeon. Often considered one of the best animated series of all time. Still, probably is Michael. Bad news for that as well this week, Michael. Just on a quick little side note, the original creators of that have stepped away from the Netflix live TV adaptation. Yeah, which, they're like, fuck this. Which doesn't bode well for the fans of the original show. It might still be a good series, but might not be something the original fans are interested in watching. Anyway, in that, there are four distinct types of people. You're born with it genetically. You can either manipulate earth, wind, fire, or water. And you bend it. Um, yeah. And I can only imagine, Michael, when they were writing this show, they didn't really factor in mid-90s Irish slang. As no, no, as a factor, no, very good. because firebenders, earthbenders, waterbenders, and airbenders is just very funny to a certain teenage demographic here in Ireland. It's very you'll have to be a teenager, Ben. I found that humorous well into my thirties. <laughs> it's one of my ambitions, Ben, to be the greatest bender who ever lived. <laughs> Our, Anywho, my my good friend and your arch nemesis, Shane Ben, won Halloween dressed up as Ang. I don't know if you know. I don't you know. know. That. <laughs> Oh god. He dressed up as a 30-year-old shaven-headed muscular ang <laughs> and uh went around all evening bending and people kept complimenting and telling him he was the biggest bender they'd ever seen. <laughs> Even people who had no awareness of the cartoon bent. <laughs> it was very amusing. I enjoyed that far too much. Anyway, yeah, good. there is offshoots of each discipline. So certain people are even more gifted and they have kind of specializations in this. So these were revealed slowly over time. Um, if you watch The Legend of Korra, which was the sequel series to that, uh, that was expanded on even more. And you could have people who, if they were earthbenders, they, you had specialists who could bend magma or something like that. Yeah, if you were a firebender... Benders. And you wanted to specialize, you could lightning bend. Um, mm. So you could bend lightning, uh, metal, etc. There's, there's a lot of different ones. But the creepiest one, Michael, was blood bending. Oh, it doesn't sound great. And blood bending was where basically 
you would control the water in a person's blood cells and you could mm. marionette them like a puppet. Oh, um, that's gross. It was really creepy. And it's introduced to Katara, who is the kind of female lead in the original series, through a creepy old woman in the woods. Michael, mm. she meets this woman. And she's like, how have they never caught you? How has nobody ever caught you or brought you to justice? Or to... And then you kind of realize she's slowly been bloodbending people and killing them in like horrific ways by twisting their body in all kinds of weird, funky angles. Um, and the show introduces a really interesting um, moral conundrum where Katara has to decide whether or not she would violate another person so heavily as to control their body away from them. Um, mm-hmm. or let her friends die oh it's so interesting Michael so interesting um, and it's one of those weird things where you have to make a moral sacrifice so I'm into that as well Michael I don't mind whatever it is I'll, I'll allow it one of the more PG versions of this Michael was probably seen in uh, 2005 when was Doctor Strange out? yeah about 15 2015's Doctor Strange where we have the dark dimension oh the dark dimension I'm not I'm not sold, Ben. I'm not sold on Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange is another one where magic is too powerful and too unlimited. Yep, it's fair because, Michael, we find out in that show, that's exactly why I was bringing this up, Michael. Well done, you. Well done, you. Oh, thank you. In thank this you. in this particular movie, Michael, we find out that the Ancient One has been borrowing from the Dark Dimension because she's got a weird tattoo on her forehead. Yeah. But there's no real consequence to that, Michael. There's no. Yeah. It's not harming her in any way. It's nope. just making her very powerful. She doesn't seem to be morally repugnant or weak or anything like that internally. She's just been a bit of a sly dog and slipping off a and bit getting of a, a bit of extra power. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, there's, so there's no real consequence. So, I mean, you can grade them. We can have those worlds with actual consequences for magic. Your John Constantines, your mm. your bloody drag me to hells, etc. Mm. You have your middling ground where it's kind of a moral conundrum, but there's no actual bad defined power. And then you can have your real soft touches where it's like, oh, that's bad. Why? Well, it, it is. It's just bad. Yeah, It's and just bad. Just you, don't do it. You don't. shouldn't be doing that. Ooh. Yeah, don't do any avocadavras. Another example of the ones I don't like, Ben, is Charmed. Oh. Do whatever you want in oh, Charmed. Do whatever you want in Charmed. Do whatever you want until... And then we always know when a character's crossed a moral boundary because they start wearing some tight leather pants. Yeah, it's that's like, how you know oh, someone's no. evil. They should have used that. They should have known that. Like, whenever Drew came down the stairs and she was wearing, like, some taut leather pants, they should have been like, oh, you've been dabbling in dark magic again. She's been doing oh, dark magic get again. Up there. You? I can tell by your pants. Get up there and Benjamin, change. Here's a funny thing, right? Maybe you can tell me where this, what this is from. I think it might be a Constantine thing. But one of my favorite magic systems, and I, I've been looking into this all week and I haven't been able to find it. It might even be quite recent was a thing I saw where in order to perform any sort of magic, you had to sacrifice something personal and important. Oh. So there was there was no inherent power to things, but the more power the more important the thing you sacrificed I've remembered what it is now. Oh good. The more important the thing you sacrificed, the more powerful the magic that could be used. Go on. It was Doom Patrol. It was Doom Patrol, and it was, it was. Um, what's what's that guy's name? What was his? What was that character? It was like John Constantine. Uh, was, he's um, oh, I, I was watching it th- yesterday. His name is Finley. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to double check it, but it's, I'm almost certain. He's essentially Grant Morrison's. Um, he's essentially Grant Morrison's John Constantine. Yeah, he's gas. 
pretty good. But yeah, that was a that was a. I really like that system. I really like the idea that there is no magic without without sacrifice of something. And the more personal and the more irreplaceable the thing is to a person, the more power it contains. Uh, I'm trying to find his name here. It's not popping up. Um, that reminds because, me. Go on. Because it, it stops. It stops you from do, like Ben. If you let's say you said I'm going to. I'm going to buy this action figure and I'm going to treasure this action figure so that someday I can I can burn it and use its power to to curse someone or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work. No. Cuz you did it for that reason. Yeah. You would have to take something important to you and meaningful in your life and use that to power your magic. Yeah. Great idea. It's really interesting. Brilliant idea. Um it's Willoughby Kipling in in Doom Patrol. Kipling is his name. Is it? Yep. Kipling and uh, yeah he's kind of a fascinating thing and he loves that he's a great he is actually I would much rather read Constantine stories with that kind of magician in it where it's kind of a weird bumbly but yeah kind of dickhead magician I'm into it, mm. it, it it's it's kind of a vibe it's a vibe uh, Michael that reminds me a lot of Full Metal Alchemist which was the last one on my list which I forgot to tell you about uh, Full Metal Alchemist is the rather famous anime at this point um, watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood if you want a really good series but there's also the original that was written before the manga finished there's two versions of it. Brotherhood's the one I'm going to focus on. And they have what's called the Law of Equivalent Exchange, Michael. Oh, that sounds good. So, I like it. So alchemists in this world are state alchemists. And this is where it gets really interesting. If you're found to have the power of alchemy, which they consider to be transmutation, so you can change one thing into another thing, uh, you end up working for the state and you're kind of co-opted into a weird military organization and you become a state alchemist. And you're kind of like an agent of the crown. It's really interesting. And the yes. law of equivalence cha- exchange states, basically to do something, you have to give up something else, or you have to have material to turn into something else. So a lot of the alchemists will use a special kind of circle system on their glove or whatever, and they use a special circle, and they can bring spikes out of the ground. They transmute the the earth and the ground into spikes and they can use it as a weapon or whatever. There's lots of different ways of using it, Michael. And then, where it gets really interesting is the equivalent part is very important. So you cannot use alchemy on yourself without burning up your own body's resources. Oh, good. So the two main characters in this, Michael, are Edward and, and... Oh no, Bella. I can't remember. Edward and Bella Cullen. Not Edward and Bella. It's Al- Edward and Alphonse Elric. They're they're who they are, and they become rather famous because they can transmute without a circle. They have the power of of alchemy without using the usual setup and stuff like that. But oh. you'll notice that bloody yes. Edward Elric, the uh, the big brother. He looks like he's in a big suit of armor, but it's a big empty suit of armor, Michael. It's oh, just his brother's gone. soul because they tried oh, to bring their mother good. back from the dead using alchemy and they ended up losing their own body parts in the process. His little brother lost his entire body. His little brother lost his entire body and Edward Alvick lost his leg and his arm because they oh, messed with things they shouldn't have messed with, Michael. And ah, oh, if you ever want to look at corrupting magic systems and dangerous magic systems and sacrificial magic, ah, oh, Michael, what a series. What a series. 10 out of 10. Anything from the listeners, Ben? Anything for the listeners? Yes, we have some things from the listeners here, Michael. We had one of our lovely contributors. Uh, 
it's Joanna. I just want to get the exact thing here so I don't make a mess of it. As you know, Michael, as you know. Uh, where are we yeah, going? I'm waiting. Where are we going? I'm waiting I'm, too, I'm, Michael. I'm just going to oh. wait for you. I'll just wait for you. I'll, Thanks. I'll stall the ball here. Great podcasting. Um, good friend of the podcast, Sean, said once again, uh, weaponized wishmaking is his favorite. Careful wording, etc. If you'd like to hear more about that, ladies and gentlemen, go listen to our episode all about uh, the careful what you wish for. Stuff. Careful what you wish for. Um, Irish fashionista, or Siobhan, uh, wrote to us and said, blunt bending is very scary. Uh, another scary magic system is in the Dresden Files. Um, that's a series of books by a man called Jim Butcher over in the States. It's kind of a pulp fiction wizard world. It's interesting. All right, 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 right. And werewolves became werewolves by wearing these belts and it messed them up by getting them addicted to their transformations and robbing them of their humanity. So it's mm, kind of like a drug addiction. Uh, yeah, I like an addiction to magic as well. Uh, that, yeah. that can be a, an interesting one. So that's a, a pretty intense one. And then Joanna also got in touch with us and she said there's a young adult fantasy book that she read and people use their hair, not just from their heads, but any of their hair, and bodily fluids to do magic. Notable Ugh. magicians had long, strong, and partially absent hair, and long leg hair was admired regardless of gender. Um, mm. It sounds really interesting, doesn't it? And that's yeah. You were uh, you were doing that that time. I walked in on you unexpectedly, weren't you? Oh, that, you were that, was using so, your... that was something else. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> something else, Michael. So I mean, those are all our weird, and wonderful systems. So uh, thank you to everybody who contributed. We really appreciate it. You're a great bunch of lads. Thanks a million. Great bunch of lads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any weird, odd magic systems? Do you enjoy a sacrificial magic? Do you enjoy a, a bloody consequence magic? Or are you one of those Sabrina fans that gets off on a lack of consequence altogether? Ben, I don't know. Are the consequences in the new Sabrina? Uh, yes, there are. There's all kinds of devil packs and oh, stuff good. in there. Oh, good, good, Michael, good, good, that got good. such an overhaul. You'd probably quite enjoy it, Michael. It's big sexy devil I haven't people. Seen it. There's a sexy devil lady. There's a bloody stern mistress. Oh, mm. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, if you or anyone you know has a stern mistress and you'd like to put them in touch with me, you can get in touch with us in the following <laughs> ways. Um, we are please on the Instagram <laughs> at Sean Rebuk, S-E-O- No, please don't. M-O-R-A-P-E-A-G. <laughs> oh yeah sorry it means tiny room in Irish <laughs> you can also find us on our website www.shomrebyog.com still means tiny room in Irish you get in touch with us there now it's a website ladies and gentlemen if you listen to us on YouTube like share and subscribe please we'd really appreciate it if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts give us a review if you don't mind we'd appreciate it it doesn't actually cost you anything. You can, in fact, get away with a consequence free. And it's a little bit of magic for Mick and me. Uh, so we'd, That's we'd, very good. That was a good segue, Ben, I have to say. We'd, we'd appreciate that massively. If you're listening to us on Spotify, do follow us. And if you think anyone you know would like this, send the episode to them. Send it on. Yeah. Get it over send there. Send it on to them. Um, that'll be it from us. But if you haven't had enough of us this week, check us out on Wednesday. Where we'll be doing a collecting issues, taking a deep dive into a comic book. That we've definitely chosen and don't have to discuss after this podcast. Oh, yeah, you know, we should talk about that after the podcast. Benjamin. Yes. I've forgotten what I wanted to say. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Never mind. That's the end of it from us. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.